Welcome to Stuck in Development, the podcast where two media strategy nerds dissect what's developing in the world of entertainment. I'm your host, Carl, and with me as always is Aton. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm packing. Yeah. As we, I mean, not as we speak, but literally before we jumped into this, uh, I'm packing. And uh, yeah, because we, I'm going on uh, vacation, on a very overdue vacation. If I wasn't the one of the lazier editors that is out there, I would put some foley here of you having <laughs> bags rustling and suitcases and I don't know <laughs> planes and trains, but airplanes. Yeah, you are going for a long trip. I have a trip to Austin in a week, which will be just be, be three days. But you are out what two and a half weeks? Yeah, I'm going to our, the wedding of our friend and. I think he's the guest has has been the most in the episode. Agreed. So Kevin Sachs is getting married. No. So um, I hope I'm not giving too much of your privacy, Kev. But uh, yeah, I'm going to to his wedding and then traveling a little bit around and uh, very excited to be outdoors in the warmth for a little bit. Beyond the wedding and all of the hoopla that goes with it, what are you most excited about doing? Oh, that's interesting. I'm very excited. We're gonna we're gonna rent a car in Tuscany and basically just drive around and look at the trees and the vineyards and just feel like I'm in Killing Eve, where Villanelle has to <laughs> break into a mansion on top of a little hill and kill someone. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited. We we emptied the the quote unquote bank account of points. Where flights are with points, hotels are with points, and we're we're going we're we're splurging uh, for the first time, I think, in a very very long time. Well, I am jealous. I don't know the next time I'm going internationally. Uh, it sounds like it'll be a great trip, and I, I hope you get some good R and R. And I think us dedicating this much time to this is our way of saying we're going to have a week where we take off. <laughs> So yes, yes, going to be a week hiatus between, or I guess a two week hiatus between episodes. But we will be back. Don't worry, we always are. And this week's episode, we are keeping a little short. Uh, honestly, my preference would be to do what we threatened last time and just have you go through the Disney World website and have us look at all the options, which <laughs> you and I have been doing by text. But you had a, a better topic to to propose. Yeah, we'll get to that episode. But today I wanted to talk about something that has been a torn in our shoes. Is that the saying? Is it a rock in our shoes? A torn in rock our side? in our shoes, what is thorn the in our side. Yeah. Perfect. A thorn in our shoes. I'm going to go with thorn in our shoes or a rock in our side. Um, and I think that has been a rock in the side, a thorn in the side of uh, kind of the entertainment and the streaming world for a little bit. And one that at the same time, people always say how it doesn't make sense, but there are usually like no outs or no hypotheses. Yeah. And that is the the world of Hulu. Uh, Hulu, which apparently, the, I mean, I was not in the US at the time, but it launched the same year as Netflix mm -hmm. in terms of streaming. I was trying to find exactly when it happened to see who was first and i couldn't find exactly like the day or may but it was two, it was all the way back in 2007 so carl before we start as someone that was in the us what's your first memory of hulu or using yeah hulu? 
there was an Alec Baldwin commercial early on. I remember that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was part of the weird... And- Alec Baldwin on Hollywood? I think that was, yeah. I, that rings a bell, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was a... Okay. Well, the, the whole thing was it's like this quirky agnostic company that has nothing to do with any of the media companies, yet has all of its content. Uh, mm-hmm. It was part of this weird and wacky world where TV streaming at the time was primarily limited to you had a few bespoke experiences like HBO Go that were slowly starting to roll out. You had transactional video on demand stuff through iTunes and I guess maybe Google Play was, I think it was still a twinkle in someone's eye at that point. But you really didn't have streaming TV in any real way that seemed tied to any of the networks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was... Every time there's a consortium of companies that come together to launch an open standard for something, it almost never works. Like, historically, it's never worked. Like, look at RCS with, with text messaging. Look at whatever that thing was that people tried, all the retail stores tried to do to, like, get around Google Pay and Apple Pay. I don't remember if you remember mm-hmm. this QR code-based system that was terrible and not the QR code system in yep. China. Um, <laughs> but every time there's a joint venture... It inevitably fails because there are so many tensions between the the companies that own it, and I think that's going to be the one of our things we talk about here. But what I remember is just this weird website I could go where sometimes with ads, sometimes without ads, sometimes the day after, sometimes three months after, I could watch pretty much any show on network TV for free, legally, and easily without having to do even have an account. It was weird. It was like Spotify's early days, Does, too. Yeah. I hear you talk about it. Doesn't that sound amazing? Yeah. Like, if that existed today? Because, yeah, doing some research again, I wasn't here. The first version of Hulu, like you said, was free. Yeah. Zero cost. You, I don't think you even had to log in. I remember, I think, using a VPN to go to come watch South Park. You didn't have to log in, and it was truly incredible, and... Of course, it's, it's been through a lot that I can run through very quickly in a minute of history, but to see where it started and where it is right now and what are the options for what might happen to it is just fascinating for a company that was founded now 15 years ago. So let me give you the one-minute history and then we can talk about where it is. All right. So Hulu announces a joint venture in 2007 only, actually, between News Corporation, which was the, you know, kind of the parent company to, well, it wasn't Fox, but it was like the Murdochs. Yeah. NBC Universal and Providence Equity Partners, the 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 managers of a of a local channel from Newport. And um, they announced in 2007 as as this service that is gonna have content from well with distribution partners just to date how all the how much ago this was. AOL NBC Universal, which was then co-owned by General Electric and Vivendi, mm-hmm. MSN, MySpace, and Yahoo. Yahoo! Like, those were going to be the distributor partner for, for Hulu, which is, um, it's truly, truly fascinating. Yeah, that's so weird, because this this just speaks to what a, what the, what a Wild West the streaming arena was. It was free and didn't require an account, because nobody knew what streaming was, but they didn't think it was going to make money for some reason. There were so many entrants in 
what online video could be. Uh, I think at this time was the infamous kind of pivot to video messaging. It was starting for pretty much every online publication, and that's where you see AOL and Yahoo coming into this. But, yeah, people didn't think that Hollywood was just going to part and parcel move all of their programming on the internet. They thought that there were going to have to be new formats here, new ad formats, new investors, something to differentiate. And rather than all innovate on their own or continue to keep their fledgling platforms alive, it's bizarre that everyone was just kind of trying to figure out if they could do it together. It's it's truly... <laughs> It's insane, but it's very yeah. fun. Um, so, yeah, Hulu launches the first CEO, Jason Kilar, one of our favorite people in entertainment. It launches the original Avoth, of course. Uh, it was free and they got to launch. And over the next couple of years, Disney joins in, Time Warner joins in, and it starts growing. Hulu brings, Hulu also, fun trivia, becomes the first streaming service with that adds the word plus. So they created Hulu Plus, which was the first version of SVOD mm -hmm. for Hulu, which you had to pay and it didn't have... It had it had less advertising and it had like full seasons and things like this instead of just the, the day after. And, you know, over the next couple of years, um, Time Warner gets acquired by AT&T, so AT&T has a part. Disney acquires 20th Century Fox, so it wins 20th Century Fox. This Providence group exits. And then suddenly it's... AT&T with Time Warner, it's Disney, and it's Com Comcast with NBC. AT&T says, I'm spinning this out. I'm getting rid of Warner. I'm selling my stake to Disney. And then it's only Disney and Comcast that's left. And in a stroke in 2019, it's announced that Disney has agreed to buy NBCU's stake out by not earlier than 2024. And where it started getting interesting, because we're going to get to here, is that it's going to be at a fair market value. They don't agree on what it's going to mm -hmm. be, but they agree on a minimum. And they agree that at least it's going to be valued, the whole company, at $28 billion. So the stake, the 33% that MSU still have, is around 10 Okay. Just for some quick numbers today, where we stand today, Hulu has 43 million subscribers in the US. Let's assume... Uh, the valuation grew a little bit. It's at like 35, if you will. That means we're valuing each subscriber to Hulu at around $800, $900. To put that in perspective, that's where Netflix was six months ago before they started tanking. Right now, they are at around $500 per yeah. uh, subscriber, which is an interesting metric to use. So what I wanted to spend the next 10 minutes with you mm -hmm. is, okay, this started as something, what it is today is completely different. There is only Disney and NBC, even though now it's officially run, quote-unquote, by Disney. Com Com uh, Comcast and NBCU ceded complete operational control to Disney. This operates under the Disney umbrella, under the direct-to-consumer umbrella. There is no CEO of Hulu. And it's a service with $43 million that nobody really knows what to do with. <laughs> so... Real quick, to add a number, another number to the equation, I was curious about the whole Providence Equity Group thing. So when they sold their 10% stake, they sold it for $200 million in 2012, and it was 10%. So valuation there was about $2 billion. So over a decade, the valuation has gone up by 10x. So 
Providence might have made the wrong decision, though I have a feeling they would have been forced out anyway. But it is... The Disney of it all is fascinating, honestly. This is right around the same exact time where Disney was holding out on making a commitment to any sort of next-generation physical media. They ultimately went with the Blu-ray, which pretty much within the week killed the HD DVD format. Pretty instantaneous because Disney through all of its machinations has a lot of power even back in the late aughts. And right around this time, they kind of are also committing to Apple. They have whatever Disney Go was supposed to be. They have a lot of partnerships for distributing digital content and then ultimately decide to go with this for TV content, at least in terms mm-hmm. of ABC. So it's it's interesting to kind of watch the evolution with respect to Disney where it's all fun and games until Disney decides to do something with it, and then they make major investments in growing the platform and everyone else does, really spiking up the valuation to $2 billion by 2012. And now at this point, I think part of it is... I, I wonder how much of that upper 20s valuation is inflated just by streaming expectations being inflated for the last decade. Because to me, yeah. Hulu on paper is probably less valuable now than it was then to anybody. And that's, I think, a very great way to talk about what is Hulu today, yeah. right? Because to Disney, is this third uh, leg of the stool with ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, where they still keep most of their adult content, they send all of FX uh, directly there. They have all of the Fox Searchlight things there. They have all of the, even Disney adult content that they produce there, which lowers the value of Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus, mostly everywhere in the world, includes Star as a tile where that, that creates Disney+, Plus to be significantly stronger. On the NBCU side, NBCU has Peacock, that they are quote-unquote, investing in. Who knows if, mm-hmm. if they are? But they have Peacock, and they are developing their first-party tools. Hulu is by far, you and I have talked about this, the strongest AVOD, like end-to-end AVOD service available. Yeah. Not only because of the number of subscribers, but in terms of the technology to serve ads, in order of the sales capabilities and structure behind it, it's kind of the bread and butter. HBO Max that is launching that supported, Netflix... Well, Disney Plus has it. Everyone wishes they had kind of that machine to use. And this is something that is now owned and managed by Disney. This is not something that NBCU has has the ability to pull. And then in terms of content, like you mentioned, as licensing dies, things are getting pulled out, including already things by NBCU. Mm-hmm. So they are, they are deluding. Disney is starting to put things slowly into Disney Plus. Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan were added two weeks ago. They're going to do this slowly. So the question that I wanted to talk with you, Carl, is like, I guess it's two questions. What should they do, NBCU and Disney with Hulu? And what do you think is going to happen? Not necessarily what they should do. And uh, I was hoping we'd spend a couple of minutes on that. I think... Assuming Peacock continues at the level it's continuing, which is, it seems to be doing fine. It's growing. I think they have had pretty rapid user growth because of 
Comcast giving it away for free, essentially, at least a decent ad tier to Comcast yep. subscribers, which they have a forced monopoly in a lot of areas. So I bring up Peacock, though, because I think Peacock's eventual endgame will probably look a lot like what I think Hulu's endgame will be, which is we keep talking about the strength of the AVOD platform for Hulu and therefore for mm-hmm. Disney. I think Peacock also has a strong ad platform, not as innovative in terms of the ad formats. I also don't think as well liked in the industry, but Comcast is such a major company in the media landscape, and I don't see them ever getting rid of their their video ad unit like AT&T did before uh, they jettisoned Warner. So I think both of these companies and products right now are serving as a testing ground for AVOD. But not just any AVOD. You're not looking at the AVOD of the past where ads are clipping in the middle of content and, and disruptive. You're not looking at ad, ad formats that are always strictly like video-based. They might be pause ads. They might be a little more insidious than that with mm-hmm. more advanced targeting so it doesn't feel as stale as the days when you would watch Hulu and see six ads in a row that were the exact same cleaning product. Um, so I think that Disney's going to keep Hulu around until they think the stink of AVOD is is dissipated, probably because Netflix has launched an AVOD platform and people have gotten used to paying for ad-supported content instead of getting it for free. And once that happens, yep. I think Disney will just in-house all of that ad tech into Disney Plus and whatever Disney Plus star combination you have globally and really just have an AVOD tier of one or two streaming products that are not Hulu as they pull everything else out. I think from the Peacock perspective, similarly, eventually that NBC will do the same. They will shutter Peacock, though I kind of... They will no longer have access to Hulu in this scenario, I imagine. So I imagine NBC will probably just become an arms dealer like Sony and start licensing their content. But that's outside the scope of this conversation. I really just think it's a good testing <laughs> ground for AVOD technology at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this is so interesting because, uh, you know, even when when I read online what people say, I, I think the expectation on Main Street, not Main Street USA, just Main Street, is that Disney is going to, you know, quote-unquote, finish buying yeah. it. And... When I think about it, there is, of course, a question like in what I'm going to say, there is this assumption that this is fine within the contracts that they have and that they could actually do this. But let me walk you through it. So I don't think that makes sense. And I think that the ultimate scenario that is going to happen here or that should happen Mm -hmm. is that they is that Hulu fizzles into death Mm -hmm. slowly. So here's the thing. If you are Comcast why would you spend $20 billion buying Disney out of Hulu? Yeah. Disney is putting their content out of there, and are you willing to spend $20 billion to bring 40 million subscribers? That can leave I, at I, any I, point. I, it's not that like they're captive. Or, I wouldn't see this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But if, if you have $20 billion to spend on customer acquisition costs, NBC, you can probably do a ton of great things with $20 billion. Yeah. Those are $100, 200000000 million movies. Yeah. Like, that is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So, again, don't think it makes sense. 
If you are Disney, do you want to spend at least $10 billion buying NBCU out to have these users? You have already Hulu in your bundle. You are getting people to move to the bundle already. So the, the amount of people that are subscribed to ESPN Plus and Disney Plus and Hulu grows by, by the day. Mm -hmm. And the amount of people that are only subscribed to Hulu continues to be lower. The system is already losing all the content from non-Disney sources. And, you know, could they get some deals like they do buy a lot of independent stuff or like the rights to show, but like they don't, they don't, he's not going to be differentiated from what they are going to own on themselves yeah. in a couple of years. And, you know, to your, your, to your point, the data, the ad support is incredibly important, but it's already part of Disney. Right. Now, of course, the assumption here is Disney can't do this in terms of like just letting it die slowly. And if Comcast can't be like, what do you mean? You're just going to let it die. But that seems to be what's happening. Hulu, Hulu, especially FX on Hulu, continues to have very strong content, but the amount is very small. I think their hit rate is probably the best, I would dare say, in terms of percent of originals that are like good. Mm -hmm. Because they release very little, but they are actually very good. So they are they are being very choosy with what they put there. And it's it's kind of a sad story, but something of this kind of like you, you mentioned, like this neutral party that played and they took over and that things happened and that each one developed on their own and it had to exist where it had to exist for a for a minute and it was how all of these giants got their feet wet with different types of licensing and direct to consumer and streaming and and now suddenly it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's only in the US. And why would anyone pay for it? Yeah. It's too expensive. And um, to the point that my hot take, you know, that I made for these years is that Hulu is going to disappear because it's going to be broken. Now my hot take in advance, next time we talk, is the week of D23. Mm -hmm. I think Disney is going to announce to discontinue Hulu. I don't think it's going to be right away, but I think they're going to say that in the next year it's going to get brought in into Disney+. Plus. I don't know if they're going to just increase the price or if they can still price discriminate and say for $7.99 or whatever, you still only get Disney+, Plus and the children's, and I don't know. But I, I, I think they have to. I think as they continue to fight the Discovery versus HBO Max getting together, Netflix bringing their ad supported, Disney+, Plus adding ad supported is not going to be enough, and this seems like a very logical way to do it. I, again, what happens with the legal contract, of course, is very important, and I'm assuming, because I don't think, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be public exactly what is there, but yeah. um, that's what I think. So, ultimately, I agree with you. When you said fizzle, the very first thing I, had, I thought about was the structure of Disney's streaming services arm causing Hulu's entire workforce to fizzle. Like There were so many people that just... Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Got, so they combine the teams, they let go of some of the teams, they radically changed and disrupted the Hulu culture and just integrated it into the BAM tech and Disney culture. And I think Hulu doesn't really culturally exist at that point. So if the assumption based on my argument earlier is that the real value here is in the streaming innovations and the ad innovations, Disney owns yeah. the majority of that IP just through it being locked up with Disney streaming services and probably tied into the old BAM tech IP at this point. Mm 
in terms of the like rights and assignments for the Hulu logo I don't, and any of the branding, I think Disney can live without that, as can Comcast. And all of this content is ultimately owned by someone else. It's not owned by Hulu, per se, I would, I think. Yeah. like I, Maybe some of these old Hulu originals that aren't FX on Hulu, it's owned by the entire Hulu company or as a contract or something, and it, the rights will revert back to someone else. But I see pretty much no downside in practice, except for maybe streaming rights to a few shows and maybe a handful of core ad tech innovations that Disney would lose by not acquiring them. And to be completely honest, if Disney wants those things, they can just gut the service anyway. They can tank the service and then destroy the valuation and say, hey, Comcast, do you want to like settle here and just pay something? Of course, Comcast could sue there, but I, they don't have a lot of power in this situation. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they have the minimum, where even if they tank it, apparently there is a minimum. But yeah. I agree with you that there seems to be a settlement here, which is like Comcast. Like, you have 40 million users that maybe see your content on Hulu. Who knows? They might only be watching Hulu originals. And so many of the Hulu quote-unquote originals are actually FX. Yeah. They're not actually Hulu originals. Exactly. And, and if it's a compromise that it's, yeah, Comcast, you can, I don't know. All of those 40 million subscribers, Disney is going to pay for three months of Peacock for them or whatever. I don't know exactly how it looks so that Peacock has a way to try to attract them. Disney has been doing that for the past two and a half years with the Disney bundle. And I don't think they'll worry. So I wonder if it's something like that, that they, they agree. Like you mentioned, there is a type of settlement that is financial, but not really. They agree on a way to divide some of these things. They bring some IP here and there they figure out a way to treat the subscribers nicely and hopefully avoid an HBO Now, HBO Max debacle. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll see. My call is a month from now. We're recording August 9th. I think September 9th is the 23rd. Yeah. Hulu uh, gets its obituary written by Bob Chapek and our friend uh, Daniel... Karim, mm -hmm. Karim Daniel, Kim, Kim Rimdale, yeah. on stage, on stage, Indiana Hill Convention Center, right behind Disney California Adventure. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I think it's a hot take for a reason. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say it's very likely, but look, I, I see. I think the HBO news that we talked about last week makes it so that it's part and parcel with news right now. You can also, I think, hide behind the economy and macroeconomic trends. I'm doing air quotes around these to justify <laughs> this decision to investors and everyone. And like we said, I don't. I think it's all upside for Disney for the most part. But I do think that's a hot take in terms of that seems very close in time, and we haven't heard rumblings of that yet. I hope I hope they make live streams this time around. I can't believe I went to the last one. I was gonna say, was has there been another one since then? No, this was supposed to be last year, and they and they canceled it because of COVID. Well, I for one, so it's every two years, and I went in twenty nineteen. I for one am sad that I will not be at Disneyland with you as this is going on this time. I guess yeah, it could happen, you but be doctor and yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess be doctor Hillary Dove. 
We'll see. We see. Tina Fey. Josh Gath. Josh Tina Gath. Fey, Josh Gath. Um, Kenny Ortega. I saw a ton of people in, in D23. Oh, right. Kenny Ortega with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's and it. We have, uh, and we had lunch next to Tina Fey in the... Uh, what's the name of that restaurant? Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou. Yeah. Where we had Surf and yeah, Turf for half off. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now we're just sliding into reminiscing. I think yes. it's time to wrap. <laughs> this is time to wrap. Um, I have a very quick AUA for you. Awesome. Thank you for just leading this entire discussion today. I <laughs> know. <laughs> My pleasure. Have you watched The Gray Man? I have not. Should Great. I? <laughs> no. Cool. <laughs> This is just another great, uh, a great and the latest example of why studio executives having a say to creatives around where the limits of their movies and their budgets should be Mm -hmm. existed for 100 years. And Netflix just being like, yes, you famous director, do whatever you want, uh, can deal to weird things. Because they've done it very well with some of the, you know, let's call them a chores, what's the right word to say it? Or like the yeah, altures, high yeah. art directors, yeah. Martin Scorsese, Quaron. Uh, but then this is the Russo brothers, Ryan Reynolds, eh, not Ryan Reynolds, eh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Chris, one of the Chris's, Evans, Ana de Armas. It's a mess. He's going to, by the end of the week, I think it's going to be the fourth most watched movie ever on Netflix, total. Behind... Instant classics like Red Notice and Bird Box and something else that I don't even know what it is because it doesn't matter. Based on the metrics here, more people have seen these films than like, I don't know, trying to think of cult, highly watched things we discussed as like high school, like Donnie Darko or, or I don't know, Fight mm. Club or Seven or something, you know, like these things that your friend would show you on DVD, which, but these things are... Much, much more seen, but those things stick around in the culture for much longer, even though I'm imagining most Zoomers haven't even seen them at this point. So it's just wild that I could not tell you a single thing about any of these, except for she wears a scarf over her face to because of the aliens in Bird Box or whatever. And mm. I think Chris Evans wears a weird polo and has a mustache. That's about the extent of what I know. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. A really cultural uh, saturation here, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so don't watch it. I, I think one response to that um, the uh, the biggest irony to me is that the Rousseaus are were really exciting directors at one point in their career. Like they set the tone for Arrested Development in its mid seasons. Mm-hmm. They directed quite a bit of community to the point that. Marvel came knocking because of the paintball episodes being so right. good. They're innovative, and so much of the the in, how innovative they were is based in how scrappy they were as filmmakers. They were able to have this kind of run and gun style, meld into any genre, really shoot comedy tight in a way that's easy to edit, and that is so antithetical to I don't know. Here's two hundred million dollars to make something called The Gray Man that looks gray too like and you have like, nobody watched cherry or chirk or whatever we were supposed to call it you know um yes. whereas i i legitimately loved captain america the winter soldier i thought that was really exciting when i saw it, their first marvel film but every single one 
since then has been more and more anonymous, bloated, deeply uninteresting. And yeah, I think your point about some control is helpful here from the studios and seems like they thrive under pressure and control a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad I saved you a couple of hours of your time that you can spend on other things. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, and I think on that note, we are going to uh, call it a day. We'll be back to, back with you. Uh, so we're taking next week off. We'll be back with you the next in the next week. And um, thank you so much for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe and catch you at some point in the next few weeks. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.